you have a, a platform that you should be using it to kind of explain to other people like what the situation is and what they can be doing as well. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Road to Thriving podcast. My name is Claire and I'm your host. This podcast is all about demystifying and celebrating what it means to thrive as a traveler and to pursue dreams of living life differently. In each episode, you're going to hear from travelers and nomads from around the globe who are living alternatively and thriving. You will hear their journey to thriving and hear them share their wisdom on topics like business, mindset, health and well-being, cultivating community, and so much more. Road to Thriving is all about debunking this myth that we must survive in order to live a life full of adventure and showing that there are many roads to thriving in an alternative traveling lifestyle giving you the inspiration and tools to pursue your own thriving life of travel, adventure, and dreams of living life differently. Come join us on The Road to Thriving. Hello and welcome, guys. How are we doing today? Today's episode, I have the absolute honor and pleasure to be speaking with Charlie and Dale from Climbing Van. If you do not already follow them, it's really easy because they've put it all in the name, Climbing in Van. That's pretty much what they're all about. And they have recently created and put into the world their baby, their van conversion Bible. In this episode, I sit down with them and chat about how they fell in love with climbing, how they found van life, and what exactly was the premise and how exactly they came up with the idea to create a van conversion Bible. They gave us a little sneak peek into what exactly this book entails. And my favorite, we dive into their sustainability goals as creators through their partnerships with brands, but also from their book where they are going to be planting a tree per sale, which I absolutely love so important this is a great episode if you want to learn more about creating your own business these guys have just both left their jobs and are pursuing full-time van life in pursuit of this new business and so they have a lot of insights that they share throughout this interview about that and it's also really great if you just want to hear their perspective on how they got into van life into this more nomadic way of living and their specific viewpoint as climbers and why it was so exciting to them Alrighty, guys, let's get to the episode. Well, hello, guys, and welcome. How are we doing today? Yeah, yeah good, thank good, you. Thank How are you? I'm good. As we discussed before, I've had a long day. You guys have just woken up, so we're on both ends of the spectrum, both a little sleepy, um, but we're going to stay awake as much as we can for the interview. Um, as I briefed you guys before, we're going to start with a bit of a quick fire so I can get to know you guys a bit better and so the audience can get to know you a bit better too. Cool. You're Sounds ready good. to go. Alrighty. Great. Where are you guys both from? So we're from uh, the south of England in the UK. Where yeah. exactly? Bristol. Bristol. Yeah, Bristol. Very cool. Yeah. Are you both from Bristol? Uh, Charlie's like Bristol born and bred. I've yeah. moved around quite a lot but I've lived in Bristol for the last four years until yeah, cool. a couple of months ago Very cool. and then I guess that brings me to where are you guys now so we're currently in the Yorkshire Dales mm. um which is in northern England and we've kind of been poodling around so we spent a couple of weeks in Wales um and then yeah just moving around trying to follow the sunshine which there isn't much of at the moment <laughs> I've been um, watching your stories and seeing a lot of wind yeah and yeah. a lot of rain <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're going to try and make our escape out to Europe soon. Um, mm, so how many days can. until you are off? Hopefully 
two, two. which is slightly terrifying. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll exciting. see if that works or not. Yeah. Well, by the time this is, is out, you guys will are either in Europe or there's been a plan B. <laughs> yeah, we'll be at the border. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now, I often get asked this with couples. So I'm going to ask, what is your first travel memory? It can be either together or separately up to you. Well, I think it's probably that we, we met on a climbing trip. So mm. that's kind of like our, like... First climbing. Yeah. Oh, first, our first trip together. Yeah. yeah. We went to the Dolomites in Italy, like with mutual friends. And that was yeah. where we met. So, yeah, it's quite a cool place to meet and quite a good first uh, travel memory as well. Yeah, it's pretty high up on the list of places to go. Actually, I think if there weren't any like border restrictions at the moment, that would probably be the place that we'd be going now, essentially. Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, yeah, very keen to get back there. Yeah. This may seem like an obvious question, but beach or mountains? I think it has to be mountains. I think, yeah, mountains. <laughs> yeah. It was worth a try. You know what? I might have gotten lucky. <laughs> we definitely love the beach. I think there's some really cool climbing on sea cliffs. Uh, mm, and we definitely love spending time there. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it has to be mountains. Yeah, yeah I, think cool. so. I, I think, think you guys should shoot good. with that one. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a mountain. We get quite a lot of like sea cliff climbing in, don't we, in the UK? That's yeah. where like some of the best climbing mm. is. And we don't have that many impressive mountains. Really, on a world scale. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Top bucket list destination right now. Ooh, Ooh, I like you both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if we could get anywhere, where would you go? I think put the van on a boat and go to South America. Yeah, yeah, good choice. Have you been before? I've spent a bit of time in Patagonia in um, Argentina, Chile. So I think we'd love to ship the van out there. That's kind of like a, a pipe dream for like a couple of years time. We'll see if that ends up happening or not. But that would be allowed to cool. ship vans again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Is there a book that you're reading to or listening to at the moment that you're loving? Uh, I'm actually reading a really nerdy book at the moment, <laughs> which is cool. It's called... Um, the art of statistics learning from data which is, sounds like you led with sounds... it and I was like no it's probably not that nerdy <laughs> that's very nerdy <laughs> it, it sounds a lot more boring than it is but it's actually really interesting it's written by um, this guy who's kind of exploring the way that data is used like in newspapers and like in kind of everyday life and how you can really misinterpret data and use it to your advantage or your disadvantage so yeah Mm. I found it super interesting but I did quite a nerdy degree so yeah I like stuff like that (laughs) okay Dale do you have a book you're reading Uh, listening to I I don't at the moment no Mm. no I think we've also got I'm just looking at our bookshelf so we've got off I can counter it and it could be a favorite book So I think my default, this is I mean, barely classes as a book, really, but <laughs> okay. climbing guidebooks. Oh, we've cool. got okay. we've got hundreds of climbing okay. guidebooks. Unfortunately, yeah. not all in the van because it weighs more than like all of our stuff. Of course. Um, generally flicking through, reading about the history of certain routes, like very nerdy in a slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I love that. Alrighty, final one. Do you guys have a top wellness practice or a hack or something that you guys do on the road while you're traveling to keep feeling your best? 
I think for us it's probably like stretching um Mm. because we're climbing a lot then it's really good on a rest day to like take some time and like do some stretching because I think as well as being really physically good for you as well to kind of like stretch everything out and make sure that we don't get injured is quite Mm. nice to just to like take some time for yourself and like relax and just Mm. kind of like breathe and that sort of thing so yeah probably stretching yeah I love that I think I saw I don't know if it was a photo or a video of you both were stretching and there was some kind of competition going on to see who could be yeah. the stretchiest. I think Dale won, was that correct? Yeah. yeah. Dale is <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get box splits, which would be Oh my lord. That's where you put the feet and you dip below them. Yeah, it's like oh my where you goodness. Just bring your legs out fully sideways. Yeah. 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 Well, we will need photo evidence when you do. Yeah, oh, you that's all you'll get on Instagram. Okay, uh, just just that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> very cool. Well, obviously, you guys have titled and branded yourself very beautifully with your two big passions, climbing and van. And of course, we're going to get to all things van life later, but I'd love to kind of start off um, talking about climbing. I am not an avid climber, but like, I gosh, when was it? It would have been my like second year of my second degree. Anyway, I was in not a good headspace, but I started climbing twice a week with my cousin. And I'm going to say it like saved me from a mental health perspective, like changed the game for me. It kind of got me through that year. And um, I'd love to hear from you guys. I just like didn't realize how much of a mental game there was to climbing like you know you just see it it's just like you look like fancy and muscular climbing up a wall (laughs) but there's also like you know you plan the route and you've like obviously i'm still very beginner but you there's so much more than just the physicality to it um but i'd love to hear the story of like how you guys fell in love with climbing yeah so i think um for me I started climbing at university mm-hmm. um, and I kind of wanted to join some kind of like club or do something when I was at university. So I like joined the climbing club and I immediately kind of fell in love with it. And the club I joined was like every single weekend would like go to a different place and like go climbing outside. And I think <clears throat> for me, I'm not like naturally a very sporty person. So I think part of the appeal was that it was like something outside and something like a bit sporty, but that you don't need to be kind of like a typically like sporty, like runner type Mm. person. But I think the other appeal was that it's almost as mental as it is physical. So Mm. obviously, like, you know, as you start climbing more, you get stronger and this sort of thing. But I think you can do quite well in climbing, not being very strong and just like really kind of it's a lot about problem solving and like figuring out what to do and this sort of thing. Um, And also as you start to kind of climb outside and you're like lead climbing as well, there's like this really big mental piece of like um, learning to deal with like falling and like the fear and that side of things. And that's like a massive part of it. And for me, probably for most of the time I've been climbing, like that will be the thing that holds me back the most more so than am I strong enough to do this? It's like, can I get over the mental like fear barrier of I'm going to fall off here and and take a big fall. And so I think Mm. I really enjoy that side of it as well. Like the getting over the mental kind of barrier of 
dealing with falling and like the problem solving and yeah I think there's just like so many different aspects to it and it takes you to really beautiful places as well so it's just like a really nice combination of a lot of different things yeah I think that's a really good summary really I think irrespective of what kind of like level you're climbing at you kind of within reason face the same sort of challenges you could be one of the best climbers on the planet and climbing really high above your bolt or last bit of gear and you're going to get scared it's like irrespect you just will get scared and it will kind of hold you back so it's always trying to balance that kind of like physical ability with getting scared and trying to rationalize something see my i mean i had to learn that it's not about your strength really early on because i wasn't strong <laughs> and i had to learn not to pull which obviously you guys would definitely know this that you're not meant to pull with your upper body i did not know this in the beginning it was very hard once that changed everything changed <laughs> yeah. i think what's really interesting about climbing as well is like mm. so i'm like quite a small woman and like mm. especially when i started climbing i had like literally zero upper body strength and obviously it takes a while to kind of build that but you sometimes see like you know these kind of like rugby player guys like go down to the climbing wall and they think they're going to be like amazing but actually they've got like really big muscles but they don't necessarily know how to like move their body and like you know they might be really heavy as well and so actually you can be like this really small little like woman and you can actually <laughs> climb better than someone with like enormous muscles it's kind of quite cool so yeah it's it's being at it's the top really looking down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that and dale did you have like i didn't hear your story of how you got started was it the same? So my, mine was quite different to yours. So I went to um, a friend's birthday party when I was like eight. Cute. And I think I, I played a lot of sport from as soon as I could like walk, basically. But I don't think I was ever very good at the sports that I was playing. And climbing just kind of seemed to fit and work. It was a bit more, I, don't, I think it's that problem solving element. Yeah, cool probably helped me out a little bit I think um and I realized that I'm actually marginally better than like the other kids of my age I'm going to stick with it I was like, Great. <laughs> I'm actually okay at. I love um, that. yeah I've been doing it for so ever since you're eight 20 years. yeah that's amazing yeah. very cool well I don't know about you guys but like I from my very limited knowledge of climbing kind of the way that you describe describe it just now Charlie with like you know leap of faith like going into the unknown i feel like there's a lot of similarities between climbing and travel do you guys feel that yeah, yeah. for sure i think for a lot of people with like travel or with living in a van and this sort of thing it kind of feels like it's one of those things where people go oh i'd love to do that someday i'd love to do that but they're kind of really scared to take that leap and actually mm. do it and i think it's like the same thing with climbing like a lot of people will never kind of get past their fears because they're just like too kind of afraid and like too trapped to to kind of break out and manage to kind of overcome their fears so yeah I think there's definitely a lot of similarities mm, and like yeah. the new perspectives I think, <laughs> yeah. I think the two are pretty closely linked as well if you look through like climbing history like basically mm -hmm. as soon as vans were just generally somewhat affordable climbers mm -hmm. got vans and lived in vans and that is just how climbing kind of accelerated as a sport, basically, because it was that cheaper way of living and you're able to travel that much more and 
climb a lot more basically so like vans actually had quite a big part in like the progression of climbing Hmm. I did not know that. That's fascinating. But I actually had read that, that you guys had said that. Um, and so I, I was very curious, has climbing and travel always been, obviously that's how you met, but like, have they always been intertwined for you guys? Yeah, I I, I, I think so. I think, well, when, when we did first meet, we were meant to be like staying in a camper van for like two or three weeks mm-hmm. um, to then sort of go climbing. And I think or like particularly for me, like growing up, every sort of good climber that I've ever looked up at has always got a van and they're always like off in the van climbing. Oh, it's yeah. just like <clears throat> totally, it's like synonymous. Yeah. You just, you're a climber, you have a van and you go. <laughs> I don't know climbing. if part of it's that the climbing in the UK is like, you know, not world or a lot of it isn't world class or that the weather isn't that reliable. And so I think a lot of people will have a van so that they can drive to Spain and spend the winter in Spain or they can kind of Mm. drive over Europe. And, you know, like essentially what's great about a van is you can like follow the weather. So if you just get an Airbnb for two weeks, you're in that place, like the end. Whereas if you've got Mm -hmm. a van and you go somewhere and it starts raining, you just drive somewhere else and you can just kind of like hunt out the dry rock, hunt out the best climbing. And for us, that's kind of like the the perk of having a van and why we've always wanted one so yeah that's very cool and so if I read this correctly you guys on that initial trip started discussing the idea of van life even though you weren't a couple then and you didn't know that you would be doing it together (laughs) I'd love to hear that story of like how that obviously you were in a van in that trip um how did that come about so I think essentially what happened so we were we were basically meant to be staying in this motorhome for two weeks and like two weeks before we went out there it failed it's like mot like roadworthiness test and it basically the woman emailed us saying i'm sorry but i'm having to like essentially like scrap this motorhome so we ended up staying in this like tiny little one room airbnb and like driving around (laughs) in a fit 100 (laughs) but we've kind of we'd have meant to been staying in this motorhome so Mm. i think that was already like on our minds and then you know we just ended up chatting about it and Dale was kind of saying oh yeah i I really want to get a van and i was saying oh i really want to get a van too Mm -hmm. i think it had already been something that we'd both kind of been dreaming about because like so many climbers we knew already had vans and we could both see that it was a really great lifestyle and then it I guess kind of snowballed from there but I think originally Dale had kind of been in the mindset of like you know I'm a guy by myself I'm just gonna get like a little van that's essentially just like a bed in the back of a van like a little kind of cat size thing to just like camp in a in a van whereas <laughs> <Yep>. I, <laughs> oh I want this like beautiful sprinter full of like all these different things so yeah. I think, well I think you quite literally introduced me to Instagram on that trip yeah. <laughs> really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and particularly to kind of like van life and what was kind of possible yeah. I think I've maybe seen it from like the climbing routes side of things where <clears> it's <throat> a mattress in the back of a van and mm. that is like absolute luxury. Yeah, and I've and been was... looking at all the dreamy vans on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I kind of made me realise then. Oh, actually, hang on. Yeah, that that'd be a lot better. Yeah. Let, let's do that. <laughs> so when you were debating, did you intend to live in it full time, or was it just meant to be like a weekend? Or? 
so I think we'd kind of obviously had that initial discussion then and then I think like you know we ended up kind of getting together in this sort of thing and it had been something that we kind of kept talking about and I think we'd always the way we'd initially kind of envisaged it was that at some point we were just going to have a year off we were going to like just go around in the van for a year have a year off and that was going to be great um because we both have full-time jobs and I guess we couldn't see how we would be able to do anything more long term that was like what was going to be feasible but then kind of over the past year with all the craziness that's happened and everybody's lives have been completely flipped upside down Absolutely. Um, I guess like um, a opportunity kind of presented itself that we could actually make this a more long term thing and so mm. now we've like been able to kind of create our own kind of mini business and start creating our own like revenue streams so now we're like okay well let's just do this for several years so (laughs) yeah it's just become like more possible for it to be more of a long-term thing I don't think we ever just wanted it to be a year but to begin with that was like what was feasible whereas now hopefully it'll be feasible to be a bit more long-term I think for me, one of the really big drivers was with COVID and working from home was I was very adamant. I do not want to go back to an office again, or I certainly don't want to have an hour commute, then work in the office, another hour commute, come back, feel knackered, then try and train, then try and like have a life at probably midnight or something and repeat. Mm. It just wasn't a sensible balance. Whereas I think living in the van, you you can just totally flip that like you can work two days a week and have five days off and (laughs) in reason save the same amount that you would be saving living in a house in the city kind of thing yeah yeah and what did you guys do for work so Uh, so I I was an engineer um or still am kind of I guess maybe (laughs) I heard you quit is that that what I heard on the (laughs) ground is this an exciting thing oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I think I was very much losing my kind of love for it, I think, because mm-hmm. um, I, I was like a product designer, sort of engineer. Um, and I think you, when you kind of go through like your education for it, your like main goal is basically to design something that is going to like really excite the user and like be a really good, meaningful kind of like change in their life it's that kind of you want something that's really really meaningful and I just don't think you can do it I don't think it's really possible there's not many create a product there's not there's not many products in the world that genuinely bring you a lot of long-term joy Mm. that's like you open the box it's wonderful pretty new phone whatever and then very very quickly you forget about it and it's like normal and then you're looking for the next new purchase whereas what I think the really interesting thing is camper van actually does give you like that long-term enjoyment and it gets you outside and having like really exciting experiences and that's the bit that you really remember Mm. nobody remembers the phone that they had five years ago you might remember your first phone but you won't remember all of the phones you've had between then and now very true so I think having a a camper van and particularly something you've built yourself Mm. you'll always remember it Mm. especially because you can't you can't like forget the blood sweat and tears that go into the long days and the nights exactly exactly (laughs) you might see 
a screw head that sits at a bit of a funny angle or a bit of wood that you've kind of bobbed slightly or wished you'd sanded <laughs> a but it's it kind of makes you smile after a while mm. I don't think you dwell on it too much because it reminds you that it was you that made it yeah exactly I love that. that's very cool and when something does go wrong if it does go wrong you know how to fix it because you've built all of it so yeah. it's nice and quick whereas my parents they bought a motorhome recently and like basically brand new and I think it's been back to the garage like four or five times with like massive fundamental problems and like they don't know anything about it really like they basically have to send it back each time so less fun (laughs) and Charlie what did you do for work uh so I worked for um like a quite a small company it was like an adventure travel company Mm -hmm. uh but so I was kind of doing like multiple jobs at once because it was such a small company so I kind of did a bit that was to do with software development I did a bit that was to do with like data analysis and I did a bit that was to do with like um digital marketing and that side of things so I kind of got quite a lot of experience in a lot of different areas which was really useful um but yeah some of that has now kind of been coming in useful for everything that we've been doing so sounds like it (laughs) I know a little bit about kind of digital marketing and that sort of thing so yeah it's been it's been really valuable to have had that experience in a small company to now be able to use that experience in what we're doing Mm. and so did you also quit or are you still working that at the same yeah no so I quit as well so we both both sacked it slightly <laughs> <It was laughs> scary but um yeah but um no definitely the right choice yeah yes yeah. I'd love to touch on that actually because I think a lot of people like there's such big discrepancy for people who move into this lifestyle or who are looking to move into this lifestyle about quitting their jobs um and obviously you guys initially only were going to do it for a short time did you intend to quit for that short time and then return back to work or did you have a different idea like I would just love to hear your thought process because I think a lot of people want to quit and are scared to um and afraid of the free fall um and then others are just like yeah just financially not sure how to support themselves on the road um so I just love to hear your guys decision and so people can kind of learn from that So originally our plan was that I was still going to do two days a week at my company just remotely and they were kind of okay with that. I just had a conversation with them saying, look, I want to go away for a year. I don't want to leave. I want to come back at the end of it can I still do two days a week remotely? And they were kind of cool with that. And then mm-hmm. Dell was just kind of going to pick up some like freelance work, like doing bits and bobs to do with like design, engineering, product design and that sort of thing. Just, you know, like there's so many websites out there where you can go, I have these skills, like I have skills in digital marketing, SEO, like whatever it is that you do. And mm-hmm. it's like super easy to pick up bits and bobs. So I think we were always planning on doing something so that we weren't kind of like losing money as we were on the road. We could at least like mm-hmm. maintain ourselves and still hopefully save a bit because ultimately your overheads are so much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then it was only kind of fairly recently when everything else has kind of happened with what we've been doing. And we've actually realized that it makes more sense for us to kind of invest in kind of starting our own business and, and doing stuff ourselves that we kind of decided actually let's just kind of, quit fully and then we can focus all of our efforts on this i love that 
And so when did you guys start the blog? Because I was kind of reading that you initially started the blog because you were kind of frustrated with finding re reliable sources of information in like one place and you're like, okay, well, let's just make that place. Um, when did that start for you guys? So I think when we started our build, um, we started a blog and I think it was partially to begin with just like a way of documenting the process mm. so that we could kind of like look back at it and we could be like oh, okay look at everything we did like that's really cool um because like I've always really enjoyed photography so I like knew that I wanted to kind of document the process um and it was just like something fun to do while we were doing it so as we kind of did things we were just like write a bit of a blog post and kind of like document things and and there wasn't loads of content on the website and then I think last April when I was furloughed I was like I'm not very good at not doing things we're both very much people where we always need to be doing something and so I was like right what can I do um that isn't just like you know it's obviously really nice just like sitting down and reading a book but I felt like I needed something to like focus on so I was like right I'm just gonna write a bunch of blog posts for the website I'm gonna like just build up the website a bit because it's like something to focus on and so then I think from kind of April to July while I was furloughed I just like did a bunch of work to the website and we saw like a really big increase in traffic and so then at that point we were like okay well we should maybe try and like capitalize on this because it feels a bit silly not to and I think yeah part of it was just as we've been doing our own build you know there's so much conflicting information online like you read something on one place then you watch a YouTube video then you like read some forum and you're just like oh my god what do I believe it's just like a bit impossible so that was kind of the path that we took and then I think it was actually when we were up in Yorkshire last July that we kind of realized actually maybe we should write a book because I think you know it's really easy to just be another blog but then why should somebody believe that blog over a different blog mm -hmm. so we, we I think we kind of realized like if we just spend a really long time <laughs> and like learning everything because you know we've got quite technical backgrounds like Dale's an engineer and I did a physics degree then it felt like we should be able to understand all of this so if we spend a really long time sifting through everything then we can make a definitive source um and so I think now what we what we're doing is we're kind of now that we've got the book we're kind of building up the content on the website so that hopefully that can also be a definitive source as well but now there's kind of a bit more um people will hopefully choose to kind of see it as a good definitive source because there's also like the book to show that it's it's kind of got some weight behind it I guess all right, guys, this is the time in the show where I tell you about the incredible humans that are supporting this podcast. Drumroll, please. We are supported by the one, the only Wildwood. Wildwood, if you haven't already heard me say, is a small Australian fellow traveler-owned business that offers a range of sunglasses and blue block glasses. Now, guys, I own two of these beautiful pairs i own a pair of sunglasses and a pair of blue blockers what i love most about them is that each pair is handmade from reclaimed wood and hey the planet i'm all here for reclaimed reused whatever so i love that these guys have been repurposed 
to fit on my face and look beautiful and you know protect my eyes from the glare of the sun and of the computers respectively so if you guys want to check them out for yourself head over to www.wild-wood.com.au to check out all their different ranges and if you want to grab a pair for yourself or maybe to gift it forward to someone use the promo code thrive for 15 percent off your order yeah. I think the really good thing with the book is that, I mean, within reason, you can kind of find, you can find a lot of information online, obviously. Yeah. But it's the information that you don't search for that's actually the really valuable bit. Like, oh, so you're. That's true. Be <laughs> like the known unknowns. The unknown, un- unknown unknowns. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what you really want to find and if you're searching out for like a specific water blog post mm-hmm. you're maybe going to miss out on these like problems that you're about to stumble into whereas if you read from a single source everything you're going to mm-hmm. capture all of the little like pitfalls to avoid so mm-hmm. i think that's it's kind of like or one of its kind of uh, major advantages over sort of sourcing various bits of information from um online you just you miss out on all of the juicy bits between the topics oh 100 it's funny like very honestly i was not the complete builder my partner jake was i <laughs> switch off most of the time when anyone talks about anything to do i helped because like we it was a very strange conversion process we basically decide we bought the van and had a month to build the basics because we wanted to move out of our place so that we could end basically our, and our lease was ending and we were like let's get the basics so we can like save that month's rent which was like astronomical sure. and put it into them so i helped and i had to learn what i had to learn for that time and exact same thing i just remember jake and i both like researching our own things on our own phones and then being like hey we'll do it this way and he'll be like oh that's not what i found and then we'd compare and be like they're saying completely different things on the yeah. exact same topic I just remember like obviously I wasn't involved in the whole process but the parts I was I just remember being like what (laughs) and that's the problem there's most of it is kind of just opinion or I did this and it kind of worked (laughs) is it way of doing it probably not there's there's specific topics as well that seem Mm. to be like so contentious and they're so like down to personal opinion and one person will be like well I think it should be done this way so I'm gonna say this and then someone else is like well I think it should be done this way so for those things you're like right let's actually just look at the science and let's just actually work out the best way of doing it rather than what people think is the best way so yeah I think there's a lot of things like that where we've tried to like spend some time really looking at like what's actually best very cool well i would love if you guys don't mind to kind of run through i have not purchased your book because i currently live in a converted van and i'm ignoring (laughs) the fact that i may have to do another conversion in the future because for me it's very (laughs) stressful and a lot of emotion um but we will be doing another one we're planning if we can ever get there to get back to canada we want to do another conversion there so i know that i'll be buying your book then um but i'd love if for anyone who's maybe on the fence like who maybe is just hearing about your book or wants to know a bit more about it like how did you structure it why did you structure it that way and like what can people kind of expect from your book 
yeah sure so i think we we've tried to sort of structure it in the most logical way possible so the first sort of chapters and like maybe 50 pages or so is kind of a bit of an insight into van conversions and like delving into the like the really big questions of like how much is this going to cost me mm. how long is it going to take and that, that well those two questions have always been very difficult to answer because every van's different so we try to approach it by we surveyed thousands of people hmm. and got all of the data and have put it into some nice graphs so you can kind of look up well i want a medium-sized van this sort of quality this sort of finish and you can see what sort of amount of time and cost it's it's likely to be That's so it's amazing. not going to be to the penny but it gives you a pretty good idea of kind of like what's the low end of that and what's the high end and what's, awesome. what's your average rather than just giving like a number for you know it's going to be so different if you've got a small van a big van the kind of finish totally. you're going for so we just tried to yeah use data to be able to show people what's actually going to be possible <clears throat> but yeah, yeah the the kind of way that we've structured the book is it starts with the kind of planning so you've got all of the kind of uh, top level planning of like figuring out you know how long it might take and that sort of thing and then it goes more into detail of like all of the different stages of the van building process so like talking through all of your different options with like windows um, explaining about how like um, insulation works like as in all the different kind of thermal properties of different types of insulation um, then it kind of talks about like all of your different options with electrics and how all of that works it's kind of like the theory of all of mm. the different parts so that you can just understand all the options and figure out what you might want to include yeah. and then it goes on to um, design so it kind of explains how you would go about designing your own layout um, and all the considerations you need to make um, and it also includes like how to design like your electrical system your gas system your water system um, and kind of gives example diagrams so that people can really kind of understand how everything kind of fits together um, and then then there's kind of like a bit of an integration piece of like right these are all of my systems this is the layout that I want and you've kind of got to amalgamate it all into one sort of system that kind of works so mm. we kind of guide the process of how you do that and try and give as many sort of tips and tricks as possible along the way of just like considerations that you kind of don't really think about until you've done it and um, so we try and put all of those um out there really yeah. um we then go into um the shopping section um where we kind of try and indicate quantities of like how many screws do you need and all, all sorts basically mm. um, and the tools that you will need yeah, also exactly. to do it um and then then we go into the build section which is probably i think it's the biggest section um and that's a very sort of step-by-step -step sort of guide on how to do each and every little task but hmm. in a methodical order as well yeah and so what we've tried to do there is include lots of photos not just of our own build but we've also kind of reached out to other people so that we could include hmm. uh, photos of things that we maybe hadn't done ourselves and we also created lots of like illustrations where there's things 
where we were like actually it would just be easier to to create a little diagram here so we just tried to make it as clear as possible like whether you're a visual learner whether you're better reading things we've kind of included a lot of different diagrams and information so that people can understand like how to do anything basically um and then there's a section at the end about van life so that kind of covers you know like lots of different things about things you might want to buy to go in your van and like how do you get wi-fi on the road um where might you fill up water where might you park and this sort of thing so it's just like a little bit of an insight into getting people ready to hit the road mm, i love that i've got to know when you were designing i mean first of all um that sounds amazing Second, when you were designing this, how many things were you like, oh crap, we should have done that now, Ben? There was definitely a, like a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we spent so long designing our van and planning it for years, basically, okay, because I was yeah, cool. very strict on <laughs> let's spend ages designing this because that's all I do cool. for a living. Yeah, cool. of, you just see it so often of people going great right I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna do it and then it all goes wrong because I haven't spent any time planning that is just like the secret to spend as much time planning and then the design and build is really easy or comparably easy that's probably why my build was not so easy <laughs> <laughs> we would be like debating in the middle of like the street being like oh how long does this piece I don't know anyway it was it, yeah. planning would have it, helped it, it is tricky. I mean, you can always plan more, but at some point you've kind of just got to get on with it. I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there was definitely a couple of things where we were like, oh, oh yeah, okay. But I think, yeah, the vast majority, we were like, we we would kind of start looking at something and we'd be like, oh, oh, we did that. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. And then you kind of end up going in a bit of this circle and two hours later, you'd be like, oh, yes, that's exactly what we did. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was always nice when that happened. Yeah. But um, no, I think like the majority felt like it was it was kind yeah, of good. I, I think, think if so. we if we did another van, there's maybe like a couple of things we'd do different. Like we'd maybe do a slightly smaller one. We might kind of like move a couple of bits around. But I think it, it's been interesting living in it the past couple of months because I think the vast majority of it we're actually really happy with. Which yeah. is yeah, I think good. The, the things that we change are like probably very subtle. It's like we'd put the water tank underneath the van just to free up a bit more space. Yeah. Um, I'd maybe change where we put the electrical system, probably put it more into the boots or basically where the water tank is now. Just mm. to give it a bit more space, because at yeah. the moment it's kind of all in the bench seating, which is like all crammed in a bit. So I think it'd be better to kind of have it all a bit more accessible. But yeah, like the vast, vast majority we're pretty happy with. Aren't yeah, we? I think good. the layout like just works really well. We don't have yeah, any cool. sort of like problems with it or yeah. anything like that so just the beer fridge needs to change on those rainy days hey we've got like we've got like a little fridge in the kitchen and then we've got like a bigger sort of like chest um fridge in the boots but we can just about or i can just about <laughs> wriggle <laughs> in the back and we can out in bed my arms are significantly shorter so I can... <laughs> <laughs> and yet you were sent on the mission to get them yeah <laughs> No, got funny. Very cool. Well, I mean, guys, I'm so excited to get my own copy. Um, but one thing that I just remember when you guys launched, I knew that I wasn't in a place to buy, but I love, love, love the initiative you guys have been taking in terms of really making sure 
that you are approaching it from an eco perspective um and as much as i can tell that seems to be something that is a priority just in general for you guys um so i'd love to kind of chat about that um just in terms of like a why you think it was so important for you to do that and just i guess i mean you had a whole list of things that you were kind of hoping to do i'd love to kind of walk through them um because you were saying i think i saw you like you would love to you're striving toward being like as part of um one percent for the planet and you'd love to become a b corp i think like a lot of people who move into van life who are starting businesses who are kind of looking like you said to kind of quit their job and do their own thing on their own time why is it potentially important that they look into doing like partnering up with these kinds of um initiatives and why did you guys choose that for yourselves i think for me it's always been really important um to kind of do things as sustainably as possible Mm. i think like it's been something that we've always really cared about and I think like the companies that we were working in before weren't necessarily there weren't something where you're actively doing something positive for the planet you know we weren't working for like charities or this sort of thing Mm -hmm. so I think we felt like when we were starting our own business if we're not doing something that's like actively you know like planting trees or like you know whatever it is that's like having a physical positive impact on the planet then you need to as a byproduct be doing something that's having a positive impact Mm. so I think like when we decided to write the book we thought okay well how can we use this to not only have a positive impact on the people who are reading it and who are going to use it to convert van but also have a positive impact on the planet and so we thought okay well why don't we plant a tree for every order because it's a you know it's a physical book trees are having to be cut down to create the book so it makes sense to then plant a tree for every order and obviously it's not like one tree per book but it felt like okay well that's a nice way of doing it because then you're kind of putting back more than you're taking away so that was kind of the first thing that we wanted to do and then I think like the other thing is that as we've been kind of working with brands through our Instagram something that I've kind of noticed is we'll always only work with brands who we feel are kind of have values that are aligned with ours so like have quite a strong sustainability stance um, or they're kind of like trying to do positive things and something that I've noticed is the vast 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 majority of brands that we work with are all B Corp Um, and like B Corp is uh, an organization that's all about kind of making sure that Uh, companies are having a positive impact even if the thing that they're doing isn't necessarily like directly um a kind of positive thing I guess (laughs) but it's like how can we use what we're doing and like some of the kind of profit that we're making to kind of give back to the planet because if everybody did that then you know we wouldn't have a problem um so I think it's about us wanting to do that as well because you can really see in a lot of those companies that all of the kind of their messaging is kind of showing what they're doing and it means that everybody who's kind of you know purchasing something through them is also learning about that so I think it's like an educational piece as well because obviously a lot of people um, know 
what the kind of current situation is with like um kind of you know climate change and like all this sort of thing but i think there's a lot of people that don't necessarily understand like what they can do or don't understand about certain things so i think there's like a big education piece as well and it feels like if you have uh, a platform that you should be using it to kind of explain to other people like what the situation is and what they can be doing as well so yeah i think it's just about kind of wanting to use what we're doing if it's not like something that's physically having a positive impact to, to do that as a byproduct and to be able to kind of give back more than we're taking mm, i love that so much chills do you um do you consider that i i, I just asked this completely out of interest because this is something that i've often thought about um brand partnerships because this is becoming like the influencer market is become is booming it's growing and growing each year and we're starting to see i i find this really interesting and very impactful that we as a community in general travel a lot we share a lot of photos we're very engaged on social media we happen to be the people that these companies are seeking and i think we really underestimate our power to kind of choose those companies as you said choose companies that are advocating for those kinds of things and yet to do that ourselves so i think it's really powerful that you guys have actively been doing that i just yeah yeah i think like something that we'll always do is if a brand approaches us we'll kind of look at them we'll look at yeah their values what they do and if we don't feel like they fit with us then we'll say no but we'll also mm. explain why we're saying no because i think mm. it's really powerful to do that and I think there's probably more people who are doing that now and as a brand if someone's saying to you I don't want to work with you because I don't think that you're doing enough for our planet I think that's really powerful and I think that if enough people are saying that to a brand that's going to make them question what they're doing and maybe make them change what they're doing so yeah. we've had some really positive responses from that as well you kind of think that oh you're never going to hear back from them or they kind of get a bit arsy with you but some people have been like, oh this is actually really refreshing thank you yeah. for saying no kind <laughs> of think, thing, which yeah. is which is really nice to see yeah because I think the other thing is you know when you live in a van you're in this kind of small space and there's you know yeah there's there's really not much space to put anything and we try to not be particularly materialistic people and it's really easy if somebody reaches out to you like oh do you want this free thing or you know do you want to work with us and we'll give you all this stuff super easy to just be like oh that sounds amazing but we really try and just stop and think and go do we actually need this thing is it going to like enhance our lives in any way and if it's not then we'll say no and yeah it's been really interesting saying no to people and being like oh your product looks really amazing like we really wish you the best but we just don't need it and so we're going to say no and yeah quite a lot of people have been like oh wow that's really refreshing like thanks mm. for saying it in that way so yeah that's been really nice as well yeah I mean it is it I mean, we were like that before we moved into the van. Yeah. But I think, like, living in a van, you basically, if you're getting given hundreds of things, like, you, you can't take it. Like, you're not going to have any space for it, or your van weighs an absolute ton, <laughs> and that lots of problems. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a really positive thing to be living in a small space and just having the things that actually really matter. And really question, do you actually, everything you have to question, do I actually need this? Yeah. I'm still going through that process now a year later in the van I'm like finding things that I very rarely wear and I'm like do I do I throw it away like not throw it away do I donate it and yeah yeah I find it challenging. just trying to purge everything yeah yeah I would love to um also just 
wrapping up this conversation on like eco-friendliness obviously not everyone's going to be starting a business not everyone is interested in doing that for people who are just looking to build a van who are looking to convert what are some like top things or top materials major aspects of the build that people should be considering in terms of like this is gonna have a major impact on eco-friendliness um yeah yeah, i don't know if you guys know that (laughs) i just thought i'd ask i think I think the, the the easiest one is trying to buy stuff secondhand, stuff that mm. already exists. Kind of doesn't matter really what its green credentials are. It's already been created. Mm. If you can stop something from going to landfill or going to waste, that is just like the absolute best thing you can do. And it's the same for the actual vehicle itself. Like most van conversions are based on old courier vans that have done a hundred thousand miles, and if no one buys them they get scrapped whereas we're kind of giving them another sort of chance and another hundred thousand miles yeah I think like using reclaimed materials is yeah such a big thing I I've seen some people who have kind of built their whole van on like you know using reclaimed wood and like it's definitely this kind of balance of like time and money and this sort of thing so I think if you have a bit more time then you can kind of uh you know restore all of these like reclaimed materials and this sort of thing and yeah it's definitely possible I think to build a van using like kind of a lot of secondhand stuff and reclaimed materials doing things that way so yeah it's definitely possible to kind of have a very low footprint actually building a van as well I think. I think one one of our sort of tips for the sort of shopping side of things that ties in with this is just setting up Gumtree, eBay, just local and Facebook marketplace Mm. just try and set up alerts for like specific things that you need Mm. and then a you get it a lot cheaper because someone's selling it (laughs) off because they don't need it anymore but you're giving it another chance Mm. to be you I love that I actually love what you said about the van because our van is an oldie she's got like she's clocked over 500,000 with us so she was just below and when we got it we were like everyone looked at us like we had 10 heads because they're like that thing is gonna die within two minutes of you driving it but these like these vehicles especially diesel like they can run to a million and i think a lot of people overlook that and it's been really funny being on the road this past year like obviously we've had we've had our fair share of breakdowns we're not a brand new van we knew that going into it but like like you said, like this fan has had a colorful life. Like we found confetti in the interior when we were cleaning it out. Like, <laughs> no one knows how it got there. Um, but yeah, I love that you said that it's just like giving them new life because I definitely feel that about our oldie, oldie bit of goodie. Um, yeah. Sorry. And also yeah. on that point, it's funny because um, we've had breakdowns, but we also see other people who have vans who maybe have like a hundred, a hundred thousand or 200,000 and they've had the same things replaced and it's just like you just never know for sure exactly i think we we stumbled on there was a report from this is getting nerdy as well i love it from the the eu commission on the point at which vehicles basically get recycled slash scrapped scrapped. yeah Hmm. and vans it was some. It was somewhere around the sort of 120, 150,000 mile mark, which, was, which is it's like two hundred fifty k. Yeah, 
like absolutely and that was like the overwhelming majority that was like where the majority it was kind of like this shape but the peak in the middle was around that and you're like yeah what it was kind of your classic bell curve yeah it's like when they get scrapped and it's that kind of mileage which is ridiculous because they've been designed to do a lot more than that and you quite and like with your previous comment you will just have the same things that you need to replace periodically but fundamentally it's they're quite capable of doing yeah. half a million, a million miles. Like you might have to replace at some point an engine or something a bit more significant. Totally. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I think if you've already converted it and you've spent all of the time and effort, like, okay, swapping out an engine is not exactly ideal, but it's, you've then got a brand new engine and you're going to be able to do another like several hundred thousand miles. It's it painful, but it's a good investment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really good to see vehicles doing a lot of miles yeah. because from the eco perspective, it's the creation of the vehicle that just has the biggest impact. Yeah, It's all well and good people buying new kind of electric vehicles every year or two, but the creation of it is absolutely massive. Yeah, People just need to stick with something and use it for a good amount of time. That's hmm. That's the best thing that we can kind of do, really. Yeah. I'd never thought about the creation. That seems really silly, but I never had. I haven't. I, I wish <laughs> I got the stats on it, but it's like a, a, lo- a very large percentage. Yeah, and it? and yeah. for the same for mo- most products, the creation of the product and the shipping it to its kind of like final destination or its start point in life is the overwhelming majority of its kind of like impact mm. over life. Well, thank God for van life, hey? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all giving them second chances. Um, I, it's actually very, I mean, on your point about how you also talk about van life, and I know at the very beginning you were like, oh, I'd love to hear about like van life in Australia. Um, but the actual living side of once you have built a van and you're in it, um, one thing I always found very interesting that not a lot of people talked about when I started was this whole like, maintenance of your car not like you know you build your the back half of it all good yeah um but the front half and yeah i think it's just good to know if anyone is listening who is thinking about van life or is a beginner like i just we we actually were um we're just driving across the bottom of australia and we ran into another couple who just started van life like maybe a month ago and they their engine blew and they have 200,000 k like their van was in good nick and it's just like having a plan b for that scenario i think is really important because i know that we when we started we wouldn't have had 15 grand to replace an engine so it's like right. if you don't have the 15 grand you at least need a plan b of where you're going to live because it's your home. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's one of the first things we say in the book when we're sort of talking about what sort of vans you might buy and like committing to it. First thing, go and get it like checked out, take it to a garage, give it some like, give it some love, give Mm. it a really good service, try and understand what problems are there or deal with them before they actually become a problem yeah before you commit to making it to a house yeah, yeah if you yeah. spend <laughs> a thousand hours converting it and then the engine like that's just horrendous yeah. like go and get it looked at as soon as possible yeah and then hopefully hopefully you're okay very cool well i've got to know um because you guys are brand new living on the road full time how are you enjoying it so far 
Oh, it's been like a <laughs> massive, massive like weight off my shoulder. I, I feel like actually younger. <laughs> like, honestly, I think purely just not going into an office each day and saving all of that time commuting, I just feel fresh. I just feel like alive and full of energy again. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah. been anything where we've been like, oh my God, we didn't realise about no. X. I think it's just been like, <laughs> cool. yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. I yeah. think there hasn't been anything that we've been like, oh no, uh, we didn't realise about this thing. So yeah, no. I think if anything, it's been like easier to like find spots to park and this sort of thing than we maybe thought, you know, I think you have a bit of apprehension mm. about like, are we going to be able to find somewhere to park every night? And is that going to be really stressful? But actually, it's it's been completely fine. So yeah, it's been it's been really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think no, no regrets. No, <laughs> you guys have got the big grins going on. So that's positive. I love it. Well, just to wrap up, I'd love to hear from you guys. What is some final advice that you would give to someone who is just starting their van build? I know we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation, so there's a lot that people can go off of, but just as like some parting words, what would you be your like words of wisdom? So I think if you haven't bought your van yet, yeah. say <laughs> go and rent a converted one, mm, like a self-build cool. converted van. And just check that you actually like it just so that you don't spend all of that time and money on something that is never really going to work for you. I think that's that's like definitely a good sound idea. And the next bit is boring, but just plan, just plan Mm. as much as you possibly, possibly can until you feel really confident about all of the stages that you're kind of like working through at that time and then commit to it. Trying to solve all of the problems when you're in the van is quite difficult. Whereas if you can kind of think about it really well before, (laughs) it's, it's such an easy trap to fall into. Everyone's got the psych and you really want to get in there and just make as much progress as you can. But Mm. yeah, just plan, plan, plan if you can. Yeah. Plan, plan, plan. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. First of all, thank you so much for like the value you guys um create from your blog and just in general like being such advocates for the lifestyle and also for putting so much time and energy into creating this cohesive bible for us all to look at and learn from and yeah i'm sure so many people are going to get so much from it so i'm just yeah i just want to say thank you for all your hard work that's quite all right yeah (laughs) (laughs) awesome guys well i'm going to let you guys go um and have an amazing day because it's your day i was going to say evening (laughs) but have an amazing day and uh, we'll speak soon cool sounds good yeah yeah great yeah thanks for chatting all right Alrighty, guys that is it for today as always i hope you've enjoyed this episode I have an exciting announcement if you guys missed it on my solo episode this week I have decided that I will be creating a weekly newsletter but before you switch off I know that not everyone is keen on newsletters so basically I've been toying with this idea for a couple of weeks now and I put it to Instagram and the feedback I got was 
yes, hell yes to a newsletter if it's done right. And I totally agree. Some newsletters are very spammy and just a bit too much. I really wanted to create something that's really concise. I'm noticing that I am doing so much research for this podcast and only so much of it is getting airtime. And I wanted to have a space and a place where I could share my favorite hacks, tips, tricks, things that I'm learning week to week, things I'm finding like apps, people I'm following, videos I'm watching, books I'm reading, podcasts, specific episodes I'm obsessed with, travel-friendly meals, all the things that I couldn't possibly put into one podcast without overwhelming everyone. I just wanted to take five top things that I'm loving and put it in a really simple email and send it out to you guys every week um, so you can stay inspired and get some tips and tricks to help you thrive in this alternative lifestyle. So guys, if you want to sign up for that, I will be putting a link below. You can enter your email below to be added to the list for when the newsletter does go live and uh, uh, stay tuned for that one for when it does. Alrighty guys, I'm going to leave you as always. If you haven't already left us a rating and review, I have honestly been loving all the feedback I've been getting. It honestly means the world and it's just as you will have heard me say before, it's just the way I can continue to reach newer people to have access to guests that I don't already potentially have access to and it, yeah it's just how the algorithm plays as well so if you do have a second to leave a rating or review let us know what you thought it really means the world um, but guys I'm going to leave you there for this week and I will see you next week <laughs>